let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Hello and welcome to Thursday Night Babble. Myself, Peepo, and the tall one, Brenton. Hello, Brenton. Good evening. I think it might be my debut on Thursday Night Babble, if I'm not mistaken. I think it, I, was, I was thinking that earlier. I think it might actually be your first uh, yeah. TNB. Um, just us two tonight. Steve uh, and Paddy are off on holiday somewhere. I think they're not together. Well, I don't think they're together. Maybe they are. Um, they're off around Ireland, uh, gallivanting, and Cousin Maud is at the Coronas concert, eating tacos and drinking beer, so fair play to him. So it's just us two on this evening. Uh, we're going to look back at the Champions League, as obviously the last 16 has now been decided, uh, and that draws on Monday, I believe. We're going to chat about, uh, a, a request from Cousin Maud was to chat about whether Arteta might be the next high-profile manager hoofed on to the... Um, the job office, and then we also look back at some and other things, and we'll chat about a few other things going on currently within football. As Stephen Gerrard makes his return downfield this weekend, obviously as Aston Villa manager, so we'll chat about that and a few other wee things. Brenton, we'll start with both of our teams. Uh, we'll start with Chelsea first, if that's okay. Group was no. seemed like it was in the group when in the group anyway. Seemed like it was in their hands, and then. Wednesday night they blew it. Uh yeah, there's there's no other um kind of way around it. <laughs> um obviously, you know, affected by a lot of changes and um injuries, etc. Squad, you know, people people have said and it is probably true. Chelsea have one of, if not the strongest squads in the Premier League anyway this season. Um, but when you have Kante, Jorginho and Kovacic um, all out injured and then Loftus-Cheek gets injured in the warm-up, um, you know, you're in trouble there in midfield when you have to play Ross Barkley as a as a sitter along with Reese James. So that just tells you how stressed they were. And then, you know, Saul was playing left wing back. Um which, you know, I don't know. I feel sorry for him. He's, he's struggling at Chelsea. Um, he certainly looks, you know, completely lost at sea when he plays, uh, you know, in midfield. But um, there wasn't a great deal. Maybe first 10, 15 minutes, he was okay. But Chelsea got stretched um, against Zenit massively. There was holes everywhere. It's one of the worst performances under Tuchel. Um I think their their expected goals against was over two uh, for the second time under Tuchel, and just the second time, um, and the other time was against Liverpool at Anfield when they had ten men. So that shows you um, the kind of level uh, that they were playing at. They obviously were, you know, didn't have Rudiger or, or Thiago Silva playing either, which made the defense just look. Um, super disjointed. Um, 
But yeah, that was as you say, it was it was in their hands right up until the last minute. Um, again, there was holes everywhere. It was a really good finish. A couple of positives were Kappa actually was decent. He, uh, you know, Zanet would have easily won the game if he wasn't. Um, if he didn't make the saves that he did, I think he made like two or three really, really good saves. Um, and then obviously Werner getting two goals and an assist and Lukaku scoring again. So that's good. Um, but I mean, Tuchel wasn't happy after the game. He, he really said, how can anyone be happy? Um, with, I think it, it's compounded just by the results they've had in the last, um, against West Ham obviously and then United that drew um, which wasn't a great performance even Watford um, wasn't great either so they're hitting a bit of a, a rough patch um, and it, the intensity does not uh, get any less playing Leeds like at the weekend like you could think of hardly anybody maybe Liverpool um, who would be worse than Leeds like are going to be full of energy um, especially through the midfield where where Chelsea are missing half of their squad, it seems. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird one, Chelsea, because, and we talked about it, and I talked about it as well, a lot on here, about how impressed I was with how solid they looked. Um, they had the, That mad stat that was going around about the amount of goals they'd only conceded in Tuchel's first 50 or whatever games it was, and um, how they got off this season so well, and and... And then the last three games, it's it's what seven goals conceded, six in the last two anyway, conceded mm-hmm. and could have been much more. It's almost like that as if that shell has just been completely smashed open, and it is with obviously the key players players missing. But there has also been like even on there's something about that London stadium that seems to have a bit of an owl hoodoo over um, world class goalkeepers because Allison went there. And looked like he was had the pints. Mendy went there last Saturday. Looked like he'd been on the same pints as Allison, and, and something really else as well. And yeah, and it was really, really weird. And it's it is strange seeing this. You don't associate this with this Chelsea side, and it's weird. And I, and I wonder what as well, Brett. And I on the WhatsApp group today, folks. I've been poking holes at Brett, and it's something I like to do as <laughs> as he is a younger brother-in-law. If, and I never had a, a younger brother. I feel like I kind of have to do it sometimes. I was poking holes in Brenton and, and picking on him because obviously a few things with Chelsea. And one thing that came up from Grace Robertson that I didn't know about was the four players that are all out of contract. And people talk about Liverpool leaving players out of contract. John Lee's Genie Wijnaldum looking possibly going on loan now from PSG. The Mo Salah contract is going to be coming up. Manes is coming up. Firmino's coming up. People that they're all eighteen months down the line. I think. But Chelsea's are all out at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. All four, Christensen, Azpilicueta, Rudiger and Thiago Silva. Four defenders that have won the Champions League. Yeah. Like, how how has that happened, Brent? There's there's a few. Obviously, they're all different. I think they're they're pretty confident that Azpilicueta... The two that are in the most jeopardy are Rudiger's and... Andres Christensen. I think Aspilicueta will probably sign a year's extension, so will Thiago Silva. Um, I mean, they'd be stupid not to give both of those players yeah. one-year extension. It's the rule at Chelsea, if you're over 30, you get a year's extension. That's just usually what they've done. I don't see why definitely Thiago Silva, based on his, his current performances, like why he wouldn't get that. Aspilicueta, yes, he's, he's in and out of the side a wee bit more now, but 
he's a club captain, and I think it, it would serve them to to have him stick around for another year. Um, Rudiger seems the most likely to leave, um, and that's the one um, that would be the most concerning for me. It's just he's they really notice him missing more than anyone. I think like yeah. he he obviously wasn't playing um, on Wednesday night there, and uh, it was it, the the difference is is that he he's so aggressive. Like he he comes out and he sets the tone, and he he'll be up the center forward or or the um the wingers ass like and he follow them right to. Till he gets the ball or or he fouls them. It's usually one of the two, but it's usually not in a dangerous enough, you know, position. Um, but he's aggressive, and then you maybe don't want to go near him as, as much the next time. Um, that was missing. Um, and I think he's he was he played a massive part, obviously, in winning the Champions League. I think he feels a bit like the offer that Chelsea have put down. Um, it's maybe not disrespectful, but he feels like he should be earning more and closer to the club's top earners. Um, and you can kind of see his point when, if you're talking about the likes of, you know, Werner getting getting a lot of money, Lukaku, people who this season haven't performed, I know they've been injured, but they still haven't hit performance levels that Rudiger has. Um, and I know that strikers and attackers are always going to get, you know, always going to get more money it's just the way it is but um i feel like he thinks that the disparity is is a bit too much um so uh, unless they can come to some sort of arrangement doesn't seem likely at the minute they can obviously talk to clubs in january real madrid seem super keen on rudiger um and that would that would just be horrific if that happened um and you know, but if he doesn't feel like he's he's getting what he deserves, um, then you know, why why would he stick around? Um, Real Madrid do seem to be a club who are potentially on the rise again. Um, yeah. You know, they've, they've had some good results recently, indeed. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that one. Christensen, I think they're probably the club anyway. Um, would want to get that one sorted. They've, they've tried everything. I think they've come in with a couple of different offers and Christensen apparently originally accepted one and then he's gone back on his word. This is what the club have said. But again, he feels like it's, you know, not enough money um, for what he's done last season and this season. He obviously came in when Thiago Silva went out injured in the Champions League final and he was brilliant. Um, and then he's kept those those performance levels the same. He's obviously younger. He's come through the academy. Chelsea want to don't want to make that mistake again, probably. So, um, uh, I think Tuchel left him out, um, which I'm not sure was the right thing to do because he hadn't signed a contract. But he did it. His performances since that he he did come back into the side. His performances since that have been not as good. I would say it's. I think it's just. But he's been told that the club definitely want to keep him. He has apparently said he wants to stay. So it's just about ironing out uh, those issues. I think that one's more likely to to be resolved. I think 
the Rudiger one would concern me. Yeah, it's, I I just don't I just don't understand why Chelsea just don't give all four of them the correct contracts. I don't I really don't like the, the most solid one. Obviously, is is rearing its head for Liverpool. There, there's more mumblings coming out of that than now that I think that is going to get sorted. I have a funny feeling. I don't know why they're going to do it around Christmas as like a Christmas gift to the Liverpool fans. Um, but yeah, like. Thiago Silva has really surprised me. He's been outstanding, given the year. As for Laqueta for what he's done with Chelsea, and I know people say there's no don't keep bring sentimentality into football, but sometimes you know there's there's moments where you think you know what no there's a year as a that was a gift, there's a year for you says and and then they'll probably phase him out. But the other and, two, was one, one of the best centre halves in at the Euros. Christensen was yeah. outstanding at the yeah. Euros uh, and outstanding and for he, Chelsea. He played like. Um, he went into midfield for Denmark as well at one stage, yeah. and he was class as well. And he he was he's been a utility player um, for Denmark and Chelsea because he can play right across the back line too. Um, but on the Aspilicueta one quickly as well, because like, he's the club captain, it's it's worth him sticking around another year to maybe um, gradually hand the captaincy over to whoever it's going to be next. Whether they go for a, a Reese James or, or a, a Mount or something like that, or um, it's you know the Jorginho is the um, vice captain at the minute. Maybe they, they give it to Jorginho for a couple of years before one of those lads take over. I think inevitably one of them will do. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. It makes sense to to give those two extensions. Um, but the Rudiger one, basically, Rudiger is twenty eight. 28 I think so if he signs a three four year five year deal he wants it to be bumper and he wants it to be his last big contract basically he definitely get that at Real Madrid no doubt about it it's just whether he feels like I think Chelsea will come back in and, and offer something more that they have to because of how good he's been and as um somebody said I can't remember who it was maybe Name to me, or Dominic Fifield on on Twitter um, said at the weekend or said after Wednesday night, you know what a what a ninety minutes that was for Rudiger's agent <laughs> because it um, it just shows how how different uh, Chelsea look at the back without him. So we'll see, um, we'll, we'll see soon enough in January if there's if there's any contact from other clubs. But yeah, it's a concern definitely. They obviously have Chalaba. Um, who's just signed a new deal, um, which is good news. Hopefully, Christensen will do the same. So, um, yeah, it's it's a wait and see one. Liverpool then went to uh, the San Siro and won. <laughs> Made a little host of changes, but Lord Divac of Anfield yet again <laughs> scored a winner. Uh, uh, this man is mental. Uh, winner on Saturday against Wolves in the ninety fifth minute, and then a winner at the San Siro. <laughs> um, he just I, we were talking about we were talking about players and talking about uh, contracts there two seconds ago. People talk about like a Regi, especially in Liverpool fan base. People talk about a Regi and not being good enough, and every summer it seems to be sell him and replace him. And you know me, Brent, and I all I love him. I adore mm-hmm. him for the goals he scored. The, the, the winning goal in the Champions League final against Spurs, which you know Johnny will adore, and the, the, the Barcelona game where he 
looks like he's killed Barcelona, <laughs> to be honest, because that was, they've went defunct from then. Um, so I adore him, and 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 I would I would give him a statue actually if it was up to me. But the thing <laughs> we have with Dave Ocarigi is so, uh, so valuable to, to Liverpool is Divock is happy to the in the role he plays. He's happy and he knows that, you know, the players around him, Jada, Firmino, Mane and Salah, he's gonna find it tough to start every game. And you know, really Salah and Mane probably are guaranteed to start and then it's up between Jada and Firmino. There's always seems to be a mix between those two, right? So but Rigi knows he's fifth in the pecking order and he's happy to do it. And he'll come into a game and give everything. Now, sometimes he comes in the game and he isn't great. Not every player is like that, but he comes in the game. He came on on Saturday against Wolves, and he was, apart from even apart from his goal, he was superb. He added something different. Goes to San Siro on Tuesday night, plays up front with uh, Mane and Salah, and he's like a brilliant player again. It's, it's strange, scores a great header, is adding something again. Liverpool will not be able to buy that. And guarantee that by selling him and bringing someone in, you're not going to be guaranteed that. But with a rigi, you are. You know what you're getting. The goals he scored, a winner against Everton. He scored a load against Everton actually, but that winner against Everton, the derby, the Barcelona goals, uh, the, as I said, the Spurs goal, the winner against Wolves, the winner against Newcastle, uh, and the year we pushed Man City to the last day. Like so many big moments have come from Divock Origi. You can't buy that anywhere. I I just I hope now. Certain aspects of the Liverpool fan base, especially with the last week, even if they haven't been woke up before, are sort of looking at now thinking, actually, you know what? Yeah, he is valuable. And this is why, like, yes, when the two, when the three lads, Kite as well, go off to the AFCON here uh, in January, it isn't great for because obviously we're missing some of our best players. But we still have Origi, Jada, and Firmino up front. And I still think that's enough for Liverpool in, in those games to get something out of those games against Palace and Brentford. I really do. I think it is, and, and Jota's on a great run of form. Firmino's back from injury now, and Arigi scoring goals. So, I, like, I, I don't. I, I see Liverpool January all being well. Liverpool getting through it and getting even without the two lads. So yeah, it's and and the other night as well. And last night, as Johnny said, asked us to mention last night we United played some youngsters. Charlie Savage came on. It's a great moment. Um, Zidane Iqbal, um, the first British Asian to play for Manchester United, which is known as a massive moment. Uh, for a lot of the British Asian fans of, of United, like I know there's a lot of stuff, good stuff on social media about it earlier, which is great to see. Liverpool went to San Siro. Tyler Morton started midfield, didn't look out of place. I mean, there's people going to start talking a lot about him soon. Connor Bradley from here came on. Mm. Connor Bradley came on in, in the San Siro. Like, I know he only got like a minute and a half, but still, great still night. It doesn't and, matter. And it doesn't matter at all. Like, and to win six games out of six in that group. I think is uh, stupidly impressive. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> it's. Um, I think when when the draw was made, uh, I don't think people probably expected Liverpool to win every game in that group. Would you say that's fair? Like, y- yeah. you would have. You would have probably give. And it took Chelsea 10, more 10 or twelve points. Yeah. Probably yeah. would have gave Chelsea more of a chance to win all their games, and they mm-hmm. had Juventus. But but based on their other two teams, you definitely would have um, would have give Chelsea more of a chance to win all their games. And 
based on the fact that they won the Champions League last year. Liverpool, like I, I remember saying to you, um, can't remember when it was now, but it was it was early enough on in the season, um, that Liverpool will win the Champions League this year. <laughs> um, you did, yeah. I, I did say that, um, but. I don't think I expected them to be as strong in both competitions. That was that was my big thing when I was talking to you. I think I said they've they've got that monkey off their back of the of the Premier League, um, uh, you know, winning for the first time in in thirty years, um, and I think they were more suited to be a Champions League team this year. I, I didn't think they would continue uh, to be as prolific as successful on both fronts um but when you think of the the quality of opposition um that that is in was in Liverpool's Champions League group that is mightily impressive to to beat a resurgent Milan team twice um Atletico Madrid who we all know how you know how difficult they are on on the European stage and and Porto like those are three well, including Liverpool, there are four teams who had who have such high European pedigree, um, and for Liverpool to, to win all those games, I would say relatively easily. Now I didn't watch all the games live, but um, they scored so many goals in the Champions League so far. They have they haven't looked, they haven't struggled the same as Chelsea have. And United have you saw the result against Young Boys early on, and it, it was looking kind of dodgy for them until they pulled a few results out of the bag. Ronaldo f- pulled a few results out of the bag, um, and then obviously City drawn their last game the other night as well. Um, or did they did they lose City or did they draw? They got beat. They got beat. Um, so you know, even that obviously Liverpool being qualified, you know how how handy it is just to. To kind of step off that five ten percent and to um and to maybe draw a game like like United drew their game, Chelsea drew the game, City obviously lost their game. They were all qualified, but um the mentality at Liverpool is um seems to to be back to that that Premier League winning season again. It's it, there was a few results early on the Premier League that you probably would have people did talk about. It. I think we talked about it on this podcast. You know, Liverpool not having a strong enough squad. I know that myself and Steve mentioned that um, compared to the others. Um, but as you say, the, the the players that have stepped in, Jota has stepped in for Firmino's had fantastic season so far. Obviously, Origi still scoring goals, and that's so good for the squad mentality when players like that are coming on or they're starting games when players are injured and they're actually making a difference. They're having an impact. It gives you so many options, but it also keeps this the whole squad happy. And as you said, like Ariki, for example, is is happy to play that role um, yep. and know that he's a part of something special, um, which is a massive thing. Um, and even was it Nat Phillips, the the little the little Cruyff turning in his own box last night, which was just. <laughs> <laughs> um which is just special like a player like him as well who's who's you know 
hasn't played a lot of football this season for Liverpool as well, putting you know having the confidence to do something like that in his own own eighteen yard box, it's um it's all it's all rosy at the minute for Liverpool, as you say, that will be a test in January, um when the two lads especially go, um and you will need the like it's it's all right for Rigi you know coming on and making a difference for 10 15 minutes can he do it when the pressure's on him from the start like obviously the only question you would have but um from what we've seen so far it's um he's well capable i'd i'd start him again on saturday against um aston villa he started he played well he started and played most of the game did he play the whole game i'm not sure um on Tuesday night, and I'd start him again on Saturday against Aston Villa. I'd start him, um, and I'd possibly start Jada and and Salah with him, and go from there on on Saturday because we are going to need to see this. Obviously, for for the, I think there's two cup games and two league games that the the the, the, the lads will possibly miss. I think they're going to be allowed to stay here for the Chelsea game, uh, and then go. So God damn but, you know whatever, <laughs> yeah. So but look. It's it's it sounds all well and good now winning all six year group games and not make a difference if you get chinned in the last sixteen. But to do it and to be the first English side to do it, um, shocked me. I didn't realize like, but at one point Liverpool had scored more goals than the three teams in the group put together, and then I think Athletic Madrid's last two goals or something brought that up. But at one point, yeah, Liverpool had scored so really, really superb. I like, couldn't couldn't ask for better. And go into Monday's draw buoyant like the. I'm hopefully going to be at that game. Fingers crossed, COVID permitting. So I I want PSG because I want to see Messi before he retires. Now I'm saying that now. <laughs> Turn up and right. he scores four and put puts us out of the Champions League. I'll not be saying it, but um, I'd still love to see him play and see that that PSG side go up against this Liverpool side. Who is it you want or don't want on Monday's draw, my friend? <laughs> um. Well, our options are quite limited. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, Liverpool, United, and City all finished top of their group, so we can't get them. Um, so it cuts off, you know, a lot of first place teams. Um, we can you get Bayern. Four, can't you? We can get Bayern. We can get Real Madrid. Um, we can get Ajax, um, or we can get Lille. Lille um, yeah. uh, and obviously Lille is obviously Lille have had a, a great campaign so far but you know out of those boys um you would you would definitely prefer to draw them um we just hope obviously that Baron come out first and then the the likelihood is that um that you won't get them but who knows I mean that would be it would be some tie I don't know if uh, uh, it's very hard to retain the Champions League I don't know if Chelsea are are in a position to do so. Um, I've said before that I think they would prefer to win the Premier League this year. I don't know um, if City and Liverpool are going to allow that. Um, but <laughs> uh, it's, it's going to be a tough draw no matter what. Um, and I'd love to to get over um, as well. That I've never been to a Champions League game, so um, that might be my last opportunity this season to get over to um, to a Champions League game if we if we draw one of the big boys. But one of those teams, um, I think we wanted to mention them anyway, Ajax. 
Um, they also won six games out of six in the Champions League. Um, they're top of Eredivisie. And somebody mentioned this. Um, I don't know if no, it's on know the podcast. Yeah, they've they've scored. I've got them from forty-eight. They've scored forty-eight, 48 goals, goals and conceded two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, I heard difference. that this afternoon on the second captain's podcast. And nearly crashed the car. I was <laughs> like, their what? goal difference Excuse is forty-six, me? right? <laughs> and they're only winning the league by a point. Yeah, I know they've been drawn. They've, they've they've drew a couple of games, haven't they? They've drew a couple of nil nils or something. Um, yeah, but that they've, is um, why <laughs> they've lost one game um, and drew three. But I mean, they're they're also absolutely banging in goals. Talk about Liverpool. Um, they're destroying teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, just when you go through their results, um, obviously scored four last night, scored five the game before, um, scored five in November. They're, um, they beat Dortmund 3-1 uh, and 4-0 um, in those two games. I mean, it's not just, it's not like they've, you know, I had an easy group either. They beat PSV, um, who are, I think, a third in the league, 8 0 in October. Uh, e off air. Um, there's a man who is, is racking up goals, and I don't think we would have believed it when he was when he was playing in the Premier League, Sebastian Aller. Smashing it. 10 goals in the Champions League, I think, in the group stages. I don't, even, I don't think yeah. Messi and Ronaldo would have even done that, which and, is daft. Uh, yeah, um, they're they're playing and and they're they always like when they when they kind of got um, they kind of got torn apart uh, that year after they had such a good run in the Champions League um, and year to put one wasn't it and Spurs beat mm-hmm. them and. Um, and I remember people saying, like, oh, this is this is their last chance, you know, this um this squad together to before the, before they basically get tur- torn apart because that's their that's their model. That's what you know, the sell players on and, and they grow their own. And I don't think anybody, including myself, expected them to recover as quickly. Like usually those cycles don't don't come around that quickly after. It usually takes maybe five, seven, ten years to get another really, really good side who are going to challenge. Um not just with the league, because obviously they do that anyway, but but in Europe. And it looks like we've got one already. Sorry, Breton. Um you the the line broke it on us folks and I spoke over Breton, but we, we were saying there about um three years ago the team were at the part and they've come back again. This is what I was mm-hmm. saying about Ten Hag when, when me and Steve were talking about it and, and possibly Ten Hag coming in to take over Ralph Ranić in in the summer. Um, and don't worry, folks, we will get to Ralph Ranić possibly at the, on, on the weekend's podcast when Steve comes back. And we might mention a little bit of, of him tonight as well too, but we'll probably get into it. He The job he's doing now, this, this side on paper maybe doesn't look better, but it is performing better than this previous side which was one of the best teams in Europe like they were they were a minute like well 10 seconds away from facing Liverpool in the Champions League final in Madrid and who knows what would have happened then because they were absolutely at the peak of their powers with De Jong, De Ligt, Ziyech, 
Donny Van de Beek, Dahlberg, so many great players that have then gone on. Uh, Lasse Shona as well. I think he's moved. He's retired now, possibly. But then the thing with that Ajax was, and, and this is what this is why it's so important now for. It's not just important if clubs can be like PSG or and Man City, where they can just buy whoever they want, right? But it's important for the clubs that to be smart about it. They brought in Alessandro Lopez and they brought in uh, Alvarez. I can't remember Alvarez. Edison, Edson Alvarez. They had them two players lined up so that when Delict and Dion went in the summer, they brought these two lads in. Now, they were very young at the time. It took a wee while to come through. These are two linchpins now uh, of this Ajax side. They brought in Stephen Bergwis from Feyenoord. They, br- they brought through Ryan Gravenbach. They've got Sebastian Haller. Nobody wanted. West Ham didn't want. Now he's one of the top strikers in Europe. They've Anthony over. The David Neres is still there. They've such a brilliant side coming through again. And like this is why if Liverpool don't win the Champions League, I want this Ajax side. As romantic as and stupid as I want this Ajax side to win it because I think this sounds very silly, but I think for football that would be such an unbelievable moment. Such and Ajax are a big club, don't get me wrong. It's not like a little team, it's not like Someone like Tandragi Rovers winning or something stupid, but it's it's <laughs> Ajax coming through now and winning. And and by the way, I, I, when Ajax, uh, uh, I can't remember the author's name, but he's on the second captain of the day, and he's 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 a book. He's got a book about Ajax coming out in the new year. When Ajax, when we were going through COVID, and the football clubs were all going through COVID, and football clubs were losing money left, right, and centre, Ajax weren't because they were being sensible about things. And Ajax actually survived, came through it, and they're one of the better, most the better, most better off clubs in Europe, in Europe, like not just in Holland, in Europe, they are one of the most soundest clubs, money wise. It's a very, very well thought technical club. I can see now, instead of the players getting ripped apart, which happens, I can see people in the club and the board getting and the management teams getting ripped apart because we everybody always talks about Ajax. But what they do and what they bring through that amazing academy, everybody always mentions it. It's always Barcelona one took over a little bit while La Masia, but it was always referenced as well with the Ajax one that was going on and has always been coming yeah. through. And now I can see it changing and going to the higher level because surely clubs are looking at this. Now, pardon me, as a burp down the microphone, that's uh, Sir's unbelievable vegetable stew with for dinner tonight. Um, <laughs> clubs need to start being smarter. Because it's going to get football's going to get to the point where the authorities are going to wake up and it's going to be like you cannot spend that much money, and it's going to be the clubs like Ajax and Sporting Lisbon and teams like this here that are sensible and smaller clubs but have been sensible with their money that are going to come through again and be like, well, do you know what? Look what we're doing, and we've been doing this, and 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 this Ajax project is, I mean, it's really really one to watch, and if you can, folks, watch an Ajax game because, in my opinion, anyway, to look at, they're the best team in Europe. Not maybe not talent wise, and I, and I do think like Chelsea and Liverpool were to face Ajax, you would favour them, obviously, or me. But on to watch that Ajax side of the best team in Europe, they are just scintillating. They are so superb, and it's a shame with no fans allowed in to the Amsterdam Marine at the minute due to COVID. But and hopefully uh, in February when the next knockout stage starts up again, fans will be allowed back in, so more people can watch this. But keep an eye on them. And I hope they get a favourable draw, um, Ajax, so that uh, they can get into the, the quarter final stage. Because once it gets past, I don't know if it's, you're the same, like with 
the last 16 feels like the trap door. <laughs> the last yeah. 16 is the worst one to go out in. It feels like it, like it feels like it's the playoffs to get into the real fun and games in Champions League. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Feels it's like, like a um, like a World Cup playoff to get into the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, it's like oh, it's last 16, cool, cool, cool. It's a big enough game, cool, 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 cool. Then you get through your quarterfinal. You're like, oh, hang on, if we win this, we're in the semi final, and then it's the semi final yeah. of the European Cup. You're like, fuck, and then it's, you know what I mean? It's it's so I hope they get a favorable draw. I obviously hope Chelsea get Bayern Munich, and I hope Liverpool get PSG. Um, I'd like to see Manchester United get into Milan, and then I'm not really sure who will be left for Chelsea to get, or sorry, Man City to get, um, on their side of the draw. But hopefully, it's someone tricky enough for them anyway that that's left in the competition. But it's shaping up to be a class last sixteen. It really is. Um, all Manchester United, Ralph, two games in, one win, uh, one draw. Lot of changes obviously last night. Um, to get that's probably and I know he came had to come out. And I don't know why he came out and defended it. Like, you're already through, who cares? And he came out and he said, I wasn't trying to uh, weaken the side, I, I was actually you know picking the strongest size I could, blah blah blah. I wasn't uh devaluing the competition. He's just a new manager, and of course, he's going to start playing whoever's in the squad to have a look at, even some yeah. of the youngsters to have a look at. What is the harm in doing that? As I mentioned earlier, it was on brilliant scenes for Robbie Savage to commentate on Charlie Savage coming on. That was even no matter what you think of Robbie Savage, that was class moment, really really good moment, and fair fair play to them, um, and for fair play to Charlie Savage like making your debut for Old Trafford in Champions for Manchester United, sorry in the Champions League some feet, um, but one mad thing he did do was he played Manage at centre half. Yeah. Now. Now, I know it was only against Young Boys. Young Boys took four points off Manchester United, which Steve highlighted yeah. in our WhatsApp group yesterday. And I know it was a nothing game, but uh, still, still looked weird. Yeah, I mean, we, I think like for United, we've only ever seen um, Maddox go in there when there's injuries or there's a sentence off, or I think he went in there to make. A back six or a back seven when they were defending um, the draw against Chelsea as well. Um, back nine, but, I think it was. Uh, something like that. Um, but yeah, it, it was strange. Like, Maddox is not going to play there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why he had to have a look at Maddox in a centre back role. Um, obviously, Ferran's injured. Was there, there was a, I'm not sure why the bench was so weak. They didn't have even the full. They didn't fill the bench uh, with as many players as they could have last night. Um, I mean, there was no Ronaldo, no Rashford, no um, Sancho. Um, I don't know why that was, or if he gave a reason. Maybe he did after the game. Um, but yeah, that was a bit strange. He's obviously going to have a look at the young lads. That's okay. Um, to do that, I don't know if um, any of them particularly um, impressed in terms of forcing their way into the into the squad. Um, you know, thought from what from what I've seen, Greenwood was was decent. Um, he's a player that I think should probably play more. I think under Ragnick, I think United have have um highlighted that today on their socials that um ralph's obviously interested in getting him because he suits 
he suits the the present style. He's obviously quick. He's dynamic. He um, he's probably more of a Ragnick striker than Ronaldo is. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was an ex- experiment, I suppose, for United. Um, the the interesting one, I think, was was probably Van der Beek um, out of them all. And people have also said that you know Lingard may play more because of um, the pace he has and, and the willingness to to press. But Van der Beek, um, you could see him playing uh, in a Ragnik midfield, um, and he, from what I've seen as well, didn't see the whole game, but he was impressive in there as well. Um, I think some of the the stuff we've highlighted from Ajax before um he he has it i think when he when he has a bit of confidence from um the manager um and from the team around him and from probably i don't mean this offensively to ole but when when there's a plan when when there's something in place um to follow uh he can he can you know recognize that and um play those nice forward passes as he does get his head up um and start to you know control again control the midfield and control the game through that um because we know that we've known how good a player van de beek is and um it just didn't really make sense at united that for whatever reason only wasn't playing him and then when he did play he was getting five six minutes it's not enough to make an impact so i think you'll see him play more on the ragnick um and that can only be good for him and his confidence. And when when he's you know in form, it's it's only going to be good for United. I think Maric, um we probably had him in there just out of necessity with Varane being injured and and maybe resting Maguire and Lindelof. But um, I think you're more likely to see Donny Van de Beek in a in a United midfield now than you are Nemanja Maric. Be interesting because <clears throat> obviously he's turned Fred into the best midfielder in the world somehow. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be very interesting to see where he fits uh McBrown sauce and Fred and Donny Van de Beek. I don't know how he's gonna how he'll do that, but Ralph is the scientist, so fair fucks to him if he can do it. Um we we'd cousin Mud had sent us a request to ask about basically which high profile manager is Dust next. Um and I think what he was hinting at, well, he didn't so much hint at it. He named him uh, Mikel Arteta. Uh, so, Brenton, do you think Arteta is possibly the next the the next one in the line as the high profile manager to get boofed into the sea? Um, not really, to be honest. Um, whether he deserves it. It's probably a different question. Um, I think Johnny would would maybe um, argue that he does, um, although I'm not speaking for him. Um, but I don't think Arsenal. I don't think Arsenal will do that. Um, I think they believe in a bit of a longer term plan with Arteta. Um, I think they've probably seen. Um, the the good impact he's had on on the likes of Smith Rowe and, and Saka and 
Martinelli now more in the last couple of games as well. We've seen, um, you know, it was um, they need to solve that problem of of going ahead in games and, and killing teams off because when they went ahead, they were they were probably lucky to go ahead um, against Everton on Monday night. They um, they got lucky with the Richardson goal being slightly offside, um, but they went in scored at such a lovely time to score 43 minutes or something just before half time that should have been you know such a positive team talk um we haven't played yep. well and we're winning one nil and let's just see it out because the the everton fans um at goodison were were at a point where it could have gone either way um and an arsenal let it go the wrong way for them um they let Everton back into the game. They let the crowd get onside, and that then spurred the players on to to come back and, and ultimately win the game. Um, uh, Arsenal, um, I know they've lost three of their last five, but um, I think they believe in a, a bit of a a bit of a project for Arteta, and I know I I, like. How long are they going to give this project, though? Like, I I think I think he'll he'll do very well to be manager there next year. If I'm honest, you think so? Yeah, I, I just like, and Johnny would be best to answer this, but for me, not to go all Jerry Armstrong there during his La Liga days, but for me, it's um, it seems to be a repeat pattern where he goes through like five or six runs of games where he. They, they beat teams and they look great and they start to creep back up the table towards top four, top top six, top four, and then bang, 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 bang. They go back down again and it's back to square one and, and, and even the performances, you're looking at the performances going, well, what the, f- we're, this Arsenal team looks completely different to what was coming uh, four or five weeks ago. Like even Partey the other night against Manchester United stunk the gaff out and then the other yeah. night against... Uh, Everton again not great uh, but beforehand in all the games you'd saw him and this isn't the part that you were looking at Atletico Madrid who was absolutely running games at times in midfield and was a outstanding footballer Um, then you Aubameyang and Lacazette that's so weird now what's going on there like Aubameyang had such a great chance towards the end to level it and completely yeah. spooned it wide Saka's a lovely footballer but there's no killer instinct in Saka yet, I don't think. So there's going to be time. It's it's Martinelli's the one that I would have up, up front as my focal point. He's the one I'd build my forward line around. Pop Saka in beside him, maybe Smith throw something like that there or, or whatever. You've Odegaard behind, but it's it just it's so weird this Arsenal now. Like it's it's like it's it's just like Groundhog Day, Groundhog FC. I'm gonna start calling them because they just keep coming. Back. It is like they just keep coming back to this point and it. Boom, 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 they go back down again and it's a restart and then a couple of good results or they might have a great result against um, one of their rivals and, and you think like here we go this Arsenal team's firing again going to make a push for top six because that's where they want to get to push for top, top six or, or they'll win the FA Cup and it's like Arsenal won a cup but I keep saying this like yeah fair enough they won a cup but there's been no progress from all these yeah. cup wins so it, like, what's the point? Do you know, like it's it'd be different if it was 
no disrespect, but it'd be different if it was Leeds or Newcastle. Well, well, Newcastle before they came shy bags, but Leeds or Burnley, right? Winning, winning the FA Cup, and it being like, wow, won the FA Cup because you don't then expect Leeds and Burnley then to go and challenge for the major things again. You think, wow. Whereas I, the Arsenal, I felt at times Arsenal were winning the FA Cup and almost behaving like that a little bit, and and and. Like I know for Johnny, it's important that they are back those glory days, and because he like he still like he's he's obviously a humongous Arsenal fan, and he wants to be back there, and you want Arsenal as well. The league needs Arsenal back in there as well. Like you imagine if we had a fun, a fire and Arsenal side chucked into yeah. this mix of Chelsea, Liverpool, and City United. You'll think now under Ralph. and whoever comes next, we're back into it, and then you chucked Arsenal into that. Like it'd be absolutely unbelievable. It would be amazing um, league campaign and the, the league standard would rise. We need Arsenal back, but I don't know. Groundhog FC just seemed to be going around in the same thing over and over again. And, and I, I, at the minute, there's no one out there really that they can just bounce their head off and grab someone in. I don't think there's anyone out there that I can think of. Paddy Vieira's Crystal Palace manager. Well, we'll see how he gets on there because he's been manager at I think he was at Nice. He had two good seasons and he won bad one and they got rid of him. So we'll see how Paddy Vieira gets on, obviously. There. I would, yeah, I would be shocked um, if we're at this, coming up to Christmas next year, um, Mikel Arteta is still Arsenal manager. Well, that's, that, um, that surprises me. I didn't think, until Johnny kind of said it to us um, in the last couple of days, um, I didn't think he's, he's that much at risk. Um he doesn't seem like he's at risk with the club, but if you look at it, and I'm sure Arsenal, Johnny will tell us different better on Monday night when he hears back mm. from this, which he'll probably tell us about it tomorrow morning after he's had a few beers. Um, it like there's been no progress. There hasn't, and you highlighted it. They went one nil up, but they came out the second half scared. Yeah, they should have come out the second half and owned Everton and put the game away from Everton, but they didn't. Do you know there's no that, plan there's no planning like it's it's weird like it's he, yeah, and he, and he it's, has this idea that he's going to play this lovely brilliant football that's amazing that's brilliant fair play to him but they're not doing it and yeah. he's I had think, long enough now i think i think he's he's trying to he's trying probably to instill like a an arsenal of old where they would have just when they went one 0 up, they would have just still attacked and still gone on and tried to win the game two, three, four, whatever. Um, I don't think this team is as talented. I think sometimes you have to take in a wee bit. Like all the teams now have to do it because the quality in the Premier League is so good. Um, and when you're playing on a, on a stadium like Goodison, um, you are going to get a bit of pressure, obviously, on a, on a Monday night as well. Um, mm-hmm. and the atmosphere is a, a bit up. Um, Obviously, with everything going on there as well, but um, I think they're a wee bit, and maybe it is Arteta is a wee bit naive um, at times. But for for some some games, you have to suck it up for five, ten, fifteen minutes. Maybe at the start of that second half, you know, you set in a wee bit. Um, I'm not saying that you know you you retreat or you, as you said, you get scared, um, but. You soak up the pressure. You, you take the sting out of the game, out of the crowd, and and then you go and you know you have your 
um, your killers who are able to to kill off the game. If Arsenal score that the second goal in that game, I think it's over. They maybe go on and win it quite easily. Everton fans start to leave, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I don't know if he has if he has as as many um, trusted individuals on the pitch as he would want Arteta. Um, who can just take that on themselves and put that plan into action? Um, you know, I think there's a few more now. Definitely, Gabriel. Of, um, I think their win percentage is is noticeably better when he plays. Um, I think our um, Aubameyang is a problem. Uh, I think I've been saying it for eighteen months now or something. Um, to to give him the club captaincy, um, was was a bad shot, I think, and he's he's just it's his attitude it's I think, more than anything else yeah um, it's and then when when it's not going his way um he just he drops the head and and then as a result of that he's not in the form that we know he's capable of i don't think he's a i don't think you can rely on him and um for a manager that's obviously so important i think like as you I've mentioned already, like you could so far in the season, Arsenal's probably two most reliable players have been Saka and Smith Rowe. Yeah. And as you said, if you throw Martinelli into that, I would trust that front three way more than I would trust a Bamiang Lacazette. So would I. And whoever it is, you know what I mean? So sometimes I think Arteta, yeah, maybe he does need to um to make those difficult decisions, even if it's just to to get it into those boys' heads. Like, right, you're you know you're playing like you're uh, a bench player, so that's what you're going to be. Um, so maybe there needs to be a bit more of that. Um, but I think that I mean the squad I think is definitely better. Obviously finished eighth last season. Um, they're four points I think four points off fourth. It's tight in there, and they're sitting seventh at the minute. Um, so I definitely think that they're they're capable of finishing top six anyway, um, and that'll be an improvement. Um, and then they can they can go again after that. As you say, there's nobody really else out there who's going to take no, over and, that and side. If 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 Arteta is still there this time next year, I'll be pleasantly shocked. It's nothing against him and his Lego head. Um, it's just like <laughs> I would be frustrated at that as an Arsenal fan that I feel even if they are only four points off top four, and even if they finish seventh this season, which is one point one place better. It just still doesn't feel like there has been that much of improvement that they've got that much better. And apart from the caliber of the playing staff, maybe has de- sort of increased. Tommy Asu has been brilliant at fullback. Tavares looks like a great player, and you'd hope Tierney get a run in the game maybe somewhere as well. lacongo has been good, great when he's come in. Like the other night, he played Eddie and Kerry, and he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, like, yeah. That, send him out. That one was bad. That was so strange. Like um. But yeah, Johnny would be better than me to talk about it. But, but before we move and finish off on Gerard's return to Anfield and Chelsea winning the Women's FA Cup and doing the domestic treble, we didn't mention the Catalonia Clown College is now mm. defunct, sir. It is dust. Into the yep. Europa League they go. It can happen to all of us. Um, but into the Europa League they have gone and it's, uh, it's so strange looking at them now. They just look like a a wet wipe. They just look so, so daft. Do you know what I mean? It's such a, 
weird scenario looking at them and, and Xavi has a humongous job in his hands trying to fix this yeah like somebody if, if people thought that um his name alone was just going to fix all of their issues i think that performance against Bayern last night certainly even their um their performance at the weekend too um would have reset their expectations um yeah it's bad seventh in the league um don't look like making any meaningful improvements it's not happening that real madrid are are now top and, and look like they're getting stronger um mm. but it's um it's a real mess and and you know we spoke about the whole messy thing when it happened and um the money that that the club are just pouring down hemorrhaging um yeah uh i I don't think we can be overly surprised i think we probably um in some ways in the past uh, they've always just seemed to cover it up with a a sign-in or messi's covered it up let's be honest um was he's done something amazing um and pulled him out of a hole um and i think that's that's the approach they were going with uh with xavi coming in um a big name from from that successful era uh coming in and solving all our issues but unfortunately he can't put himself in the middle of midfield and and do some magic um that way it's um it's much harder to to um manage these these players at the minute um but I don't, like i don't even think their squad is is as bad as um as their uh, place in the table and, and their ultimate um defeat in the champions league um suggests like I think it's probably just uh the negativity uh surrounding the the club in general that's that's brought the players down like um if you look at their like how good was um how good was gavi um playing the in the recent nations league and um you know how good Depay has been as well um pedri the, yeah the, these players frankie de Jong, we've talked about on this pod already um like as you say sometimes these players just look like they've been space jammed um and <laughs> it is as if the with messi leaving and the whole kerfuffle with that has just sucked all the air out of them um and the the reality has hit that they are nowhere near the top level of, of european football anymore um and we've already said about building the club and i think that's kind of a theme at the minute with with ragnick coming in at united that you know they weren't i don't think united were in as as difficult a place as as barcelona are at the minute but they have recognized it and they have done something about it and Mm -hmm. i think we all think that that's going to be a success eventually but it's about you know there's no quick fixes anymore because I think the the quality everywhere else in the in La Liga 
um, and in the Champions League, um, is too good to to just plug holes and and to win games here and there. They're they're, they're facing difficult games week in week out, and we're seeing the result of it now. Like they they might not unless they win the Europa League, which I actually don't see them doing. Um, no. They're they're not on course to qualify for the Champions League next season again, and then suddenly it's a it's a pattern, and it's you know. Arsenal have seen how it's happened. Um, you know, not picking on Arsenal, but you know that's how how easily it can happen. Going from being a, a such a successful European team to um, to dropping down the league and and suddenly hoping to finish sixth. You know what I mean? It's it's um, it it'll need a, a strong hand to come in at, at club level um, and sort it out. That Europa League, by the way. For the mm. knockout stages, looks absolutely unbelievable. Barcelona yeah. obviously dropped in. Dortmund have dropped in. Leipzig have dropped in. Uh, Atlanta have dropped in. Porto. Sevilla, Sevilla have dropped in. Um, Zenit and Petersburg have dropped in. And I can't remember who the other one. Someone else. Someone else mad has dropped. Shakhtar Donetsk has dropped into that. Plus... You've still got the likes of Napoli and teams like this are still floating about. Uh, West Ham flying in it as well. Like that Europa mm-hmm. League, it, there's not a mission. Barcelona, they'll not win that Europa League. No chance. No. If Dortmund keep everyone together, you'd, you'd fancy Dortmund to give it a good rattle. The, Leip- the likes of Leipzig as well and Napoli. No Leicester out of it now tonight. They missed the penalty 98th winner. Unlucky. Um, so they're, they've been chinned in the Europa Conference League. So yeah, it, that looks that looks unreal. So that's another one when that comes back, it'd be great to watch too. Um, G- quickly, Gerard back to Anfield, Brent mm-hmm. uh, as Aston Villa manager. Um, hopefully he gets a good reception and hopefully Liverpool slap him seven nil. That would be ideal, I think, for myself. That's the ideal scenario for me. Surely he get a good reception, would he not? Oh yeah, he would. Yeah, he'll get um, he'll get he'll get a he'll get a proper. Uh, welcome back, like when he comes out because obviously it's, it's Steven Gerrard, and then it's, he might get one or two songs sung, and then the game will start. And if Liverpool get up and running, take over the game, get themselves ahead, we owe Aston Villa one. <laughs> mm. um, I know we beat them in the we, yeah, I know we beat them in the return game, obviously the, the return fixture last year, yeah, a late Alexander Arnold goal, but. At Villa Park early on last season, they thumped a seven-two. A fully fit Liverpool side, by the way, um, seven-two. So uh, there'll be a few players will be wanting to act a bit of revenge, I'd imagine, on Saturday. And I'm really looking for. I'm really interested to see how how his team and how he sets his team up against this Liverpool side. He they did okay against Aston Villa. Like they did, they held their own. You know they were beaten in the end. Like they beat two-one, but they did really well against or against sorry against Man City and. And he has started off very well at Villa, and, and you can see he's made tweaks and changes. Certainly, him and his coaching team. So, be interesting to see. He said he's not going to have any emotions into it. He was the most emotional footballer has ever been. He played off emotions. That's yeah. Um, that's why he won so many games. That's maybe why things happened and he didn't win league titles because sometimes, like that Chelsea game, apart from obviously when he slipped. He then decided to try and score from ninety yards every two minutes. <laughs> he was trying to shoot from everywhere to get that goal back to be the one that brought it back. So, 
he does play and it'll be interesting to see how we get on so i'm looking forward to it three o'clock i'm glad the tv companies didn't get their hands on it and change it because people had tickets booked people had things sorted the other t- teams that were supposed to play at certain times as well so i'm glad that didn't happen um but yeah looking forward to it. interesting liverpool need to keep winning it was like we saw i mean you know what, what saturday was like like Chelsea kicked off first beat, then it was like, right, what's going to happen next? Liverpool played at 3-1, they went top of the league. Man City knew what they had to do, they won. And it's all, this is the way I think this season is going to go for those three teams. Mm-hmm. It's going to be watching everyone else's results and then the, 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 the whole way home. So, yeah, it's another one on Saturday. I think Chelsea are at 3 o'clock as well on Saturday, are they? Yeah, yeah, they are. Chelsea leads. Um, and City are at half 12 then. I think they're half 12. Um, on Saturday, so yeah, big ones on Saturday. And see how those three teams at the top of the table can can go. Chelsea's women, though, Brenton, to finish off the podcast, mm-hmm. a domestic treble. Emma Hayes says London is blue. Would you agree? Certainly, um, the women's football is in blue the, in the women's football and um, in the WSL. Well, the current WSL. Um, yeah. obviously Arsenal set top but uh, yeah great, I had to wait for a while for it but great um, result for Chelsea they, um, obviously they had been beat earlier on the season by Arsenal um, which was um, a great game 3-2 but uh, they definitely deserve this one I think Johnny said um it could have been more as well. Um, Sam Kerr is queen. What a baller she is! Um, obviously, coming off the um, the Juventus game last night, where she absolutely bodied uh, a supporter um, who <laughs> who ran on. Um, it looked like it hurt, um, but you know, in the in the FA Cup final, she was superb. I think she'd um, she'd won training session. Maybe she she flew back from. Um, the Australia USA game. Um, she had a stomach bug. Um, she she played. Um, she trained. I think maybe on the Thursday or Friday. Um, and then she scored two and assisted one in the in the FA Cup final. Also, um, pulled off. I don't know if you've seen the goals, but she pulled off a beautiful wee dink. Um, the chip the was amazing. Goal. Yeah, really, chip, really. Um, a chip is so aesthetically pleasing yeah yeah like Z- zapata scored one tonight where he dinked it over the villarreal goalkeeper and regardless like of whatever stage of the game you're just like ah yeah there's something about it's... it like it's like it, it like you obviously play up front and a chip like because as soon as it goes into the air it like sucks all of the energy out of the game it's like it like calms the game down while the ball's floating yeah. it's like oh like even the fan, even the crowd, they're all like when when she did that on Sunday, the crowd were like, oh, you know, you he feel in, take a breath, rather than a yeah. thunder bastard in the top corner. It's like oh, and then it's like glides in. It was oh, a beautiful goal. Like, yeah, um, I think the the Chelsea socials had up um, comparing it to the Ramirez chip against Barcelona in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, the year Chelsea won it, and it was very similar to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, her and and Fran Kirby are. Um, on another level this season, they're um, the. I think Chelsea men um, are trying to, at the minute, uh, develop a partnership between Werner and Lukaku. Um, B 
base it off those two. Do you know what I mean? Like if there ever was a successful partnership, I think um, they're both top three in terms of goals and assists, both of them, um, this season in the WSL. So, um, yeah, we saw, um, I think you really saw that Chelsea were hurt from the um, from the Arsenal game earlier on in the in the season in the WSL. And that's, that's I mean, they, they definitely deserved um and also, I think obviously the the treble was was another factor where they wanted to push on them in that game. But they deserved it on the day, um, and I think they have already moved on. And they're thinking about about this season's WSL. Arsenal are obviously setting the pace, but now it's only down to that point. That will be um, a great run, and I think Arsenal will obviously want revenge. Um, I think it's February they play the return fixture, so um, that will be one to keep an eye out for. Um, but yeah, the one thing that wasn't great around that was um, the prize money. Um, and I know I think we've we've seen this um, all over Twitter, but just for anybody that that didn't hear it, um, it needs to. I think it needs to change pretty rapidly. Um, I'll read it out here. The um, the prize that that Chelsea collected was twenty five thousand pounds. Um, uh, which is 1.4% of the 1.8 million prize money picked up by the winners of the men's competition, which well, look, is... Why would the FA not just pay it equal? There's a golf... Is there not a golf? Is there, is there not a tennis tournament? Is one of the majors not equal? One of the Grand Slams? Not equal. I, I may be wrong, but there, there's not definitely sure. something where they've, they've brought the women's prize money up to equal. I don't understand why they don't do that here in the FA Cup. That is just stupid. Yeah. And with some people will say, like, oh, like not as many people watch it or whatever. Like it had a peak audience of like 1.9 million, I think, on the BBC. Um, which is pretty freaking good. Um and the um when you compare it to the FAVs or the FA Trophy, like the fans that went to see that, um, were I think it was six thousand, and there was forty two thousand in Wembley for for the women's yeah. FA Cup final. So you can't even use that as an argument. You know what I mean? Like people want to go and see it, pay them what they deserve. Um, it's just it's as simple as that. Um, and I think even you know to. Uh, like the the women's teams who are competing in the first round, um, they get like something stupid that wouldn't even cover your travel, like say at an away game that's like you know, five hundred, eight hundred pounds, something like that. Um and any of the men's team are in the first round, they're getting like twenty thousand plus. Um so it's it's just not far right the way through. Um and yeah, it um, it's just something needs to be done about it. So I think the more we, the likes of us and um, everyone else highlights it, that hopefully that will one of the brilliant things. Um, one of the brilliant things about the whole all day Sunday was on Twitter seeing so many people talk about it um, and seeing so many women like women that obviously have been waiting for this day for ages to. Older girls and older women like talking about how they were maybe on the tube or on the train or on a bus going to the ground, seeing girls in Chelsea and Arsenal tops, you know, 
and so many young girls going and like, like they're being like slagging and songs and you know like for them it was such yeah. a really nice moment and it was like I was hoping there was such a good crowd and there was such a good crowd at it. Like it wasn't a great day for Arsenal, obviously, but that's what happens. Sometimes you get chained in a cup final. Like we've all been there. Yep. Um that, and but like it was just it was a really, really nice day, a nice moment. And hopefully like things I guess are the start of it. And 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 the some of the TV companies like BBC and, and BT have been brilliant for the WSL and getting promoted it, but then you hear things like the prize money and you're just like, What's going on here? So there's still a long, long way to go. Um for the girls teams i i've followed it this year it's harder for me to follow when they're not in it so i'm hoping that yeah. changes very 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 soon um and we know i spoke before about the troubles Liverpool have had at, at that football club regards the women's team and still a long way to go there too but great to see like and like that sam kerr and Frank kirby are ridiculous probably sam kerr is probably chelsea's Football club on as a whole's best forward at the minute. Um, Tommy Tooch might be a shadow of a doubt. He, he might be tapping Emma Hayes for an old favour soon. Um, because she's just sublime. And as you said, that shoulder barge was just like <laughs> an absolute yeah. chef, chef's kiss to her week. Um, so yeah, love me that continue. And we will keep touching base on the WSL because Johnny, who is another night, is, is a massive supporter of it. Like he's brilliant about it. So we'll get him to talk more about it as well when he comes back on. I think. Uh, that'll do us for tonight's Thursday night babble. I'm off tomorrow, Brent, so I'm gonna watch Die Hard 2. I've never seen Die Hard's. Um, so I'm gonna watch Die Hard 2 after this. Well, that's um, annoying. Um, also, uh, a <laughs> quick shout to well, we love no, your face. Um, a quick shout to I know on, the, on Thursday night babble, you like to, to shout out some different things. Um, the Grand Prix, sir. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like F1 drive to survive reignited the fire in my belly, my rotundness, my rotund belly. Um, for for F1, and this season has been absolutely insane. For to go to the down to the last race in Abu Dhabi this Sunday, and both drivers to be level on points is mental. Oh. Um, and like we're obviously both Lewis Hamilton stands. He's our boy. We want to see him uh, win it. I actually, I actually love Carlos Sainz. Sainz is my my number one, uh, but he's not going to win the world title. Uh, so I, not this year anyway. So I want to see Lewis win it. I I I, I cannot stand Max Verstappen, sir. He just when I look at him, I just think nineties Manchester United. That's all I think. I just think shite bags, you know, when I look at them and I just can't, <laughs> yeah, can't, like, I can't abide him. I, yeah, I just keep getting like, I keep waking up in a cold sweat thinking that he's just going to crash into Hamilton um, <laughs> on the last lap and just goose them both out of the race. And that means that he wins it. Like, we've seen like, it. I can seen, actually see him doing that. We've seen the goat, we've seen Schumacher do it twice. Uh, once it worked, yeah. once it didn't. Um, we saw Prost do it with Senna and Senna and Prost. That was a brilliant rivalry as well. I think with this one, what you had there, well, well Damon Damon Hill was obviously a good driver. He won the world title, but he's a bit softer. Uh, you mm. probably won't remember really Damon Damon Hill racing like, but he was um, Pr- Prost and Senna. If you watch back, like they were two maniacs. Senna was probably the, the goat driver of all time. Like he was just amazing, and he, we lost him too soon. Whereas Lewis. There's a there's a bite in Lewis. Lewis, Lewis mm-hmm. there's a fighter in Lewis, like, but he's also very cool. A lot yeah. of the time under pressure. And I think 
I think it has started to get a little bit too Max. Max going to be world champion. When Lewis retires, uh, Max is going to be the lead driver. He won't win it every year, but he'd be definitely the lead driver. And it'd be quite funny if in three or four years' time he joins Mercedes uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> with Mr. Toto Wood. But it, like, I, I, I honestly don't. I, I don't know what's. I don't know who's going to win it on Sunday. I don't. I don't know. I hope it isn't a, a crash, and and I know. and both are out. I hope it's a race to the line. I hope it's a battle to the line because they're just ridiculous. Some of the stuff yeah. that was going on on Sunday was mental, and that that uh, Saudi Arabia track, like you need to go back and have a look at that F one and maybe change a few things about it. Um, yeah. but it it was wild, and like yeah, I, I can't, I cannot, like I might even watch the F one show actually when we finish this, catch up on it. I cannot wait for Sunday's race. It's 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 all teed up to be and it's free to her for people as well. If you don't have Sky, it's free on channel four and it'll be on five live all the coverage as well if you want to catch the highlights and the qualifying, sorry, uh, on the radio if you can't get the T V. Um so yeah, check that out. But what do you think's gonna happen? Uh, as I say, like I just uh, <laughs> Max is the sort of character that that would I, I think he just will be happy enough to do that. Like and I don't think he would care what people said about it. I think he's done sort of dodgy enough stuff like that all season um obviously last week as well we we saw a few um dodgy maneuvers um but i just think bottas um on his on his last drive for mercedes as well might play a huge role i think if he can be he he could be that silent missile you just see him turn straight into the side of verstappen for no reason right or just into the first corner slammed on the brakes do you know, like, uh, <laughs> do you ever see Independence Day? Yeah. Do you know, like, at the end where the mental uh, pilots are like, hi, baby, I'm back, and he just fires his fucking spaceship into the massive uh, alien spaceship and blows it up. You just see Bottas being like, Toto, <laughs> I love you, Toto, just slamming up the brakes in the middle of the thing and just causing utter chaos behind him and Lewis cantering off to win a world title. Like, um, Yeah, yeah so, something like that would be cool to see something like that. Yeah. Like, but, I think he could be um important like an important sort of buffer, maybe if he um So could Sergio Perez. Yeah, yeah. And the, Perez think, is a dog like Yeah, yeah. I think both of those fighter. um are more of a story uh, than than you think going into this week. Like qualifying will be it'll be just as good oh. probably um to see how how those starting positions go. But um phew, if it's Ham- if it's Hamilton Verstappen um in one two Oh boy, um, that is gonna be a ride. Even like the pits, the pit stops, you miss the pit stops by like a second. So you met and you're enough pit crew. <laughs> Good luck. So yeah. yeah, I'm looking for. I, I think it's like it hasn't happened in our lifetime. I think Fittipaldi and someone else was the last time to happen, 1974. So it hasn't happened in our lifetime. It might happen, Steve's because he's old as fuck. But it hasn't happened <laughs> in ours. Um, love you, Stephen. So yeah. I can't wait for it. Load of good sport on at the minute, apart from the football. The Ashes is on. Not gone too well for England, like, um, but they obviously the Ashes is on. But yeah, so folks, stay tuned for everything across the, uh, the bubble. We might even do some. I know with the football bubble, we may talk more about F one after the weekend. Um, but stay tuned. Get all of our stuff uh, on our socials at Instagram and Twitter. Get us on all your podcast apps. Just look for the Football Bible Pod. You'll find us there. Brenton, the Patreon link is... 
patreon.com forward slash football babble brilliant folks thanks for listening to thursday night babble brent thanks for making your debut on thursday night babble well in sir no problem thanks for having me handled like a pro um not as if you've been doing every other podcast since we started to exist and <laughs> folks we'll see you again on monday night where we'll look back at the weekend's action and look ahead to what's coming up as the christmas crunch time football really kicks in good luck <laughs>